Hello everyone and welcome back to Climbing the Ivy on the Fan Side Network. This is your host, Alex Pat, and for this episode, I'm flying solo tonight. My co-host Adam McGinnis is going out of town and couldn't find a co-host in time, uh, so it's just going to be me on this episode. Probably won't be as long as the other episodes since it's really just kind of me and my thoughts talking about this Cubs team. So I'm recording right now as Game 2 of the Cubs and Phillies are going on. Cole Hamels is getting hammered pretty badly right now. It's 4 nothing, and it can get even worse. Uh, so that's not good. I don't know what this game is going to be like when it's over, but not looking too promising right now. So if you listen to this podcast and they have some miracle comeback, I'm sorry for being pessimistic. If it gets even worse, then, well, yeah, I'm sharing your pain right now. We have a number of things to talk about uh, just over this past week, so let's just get right into it. It's been a very strange week. You played the Oakland A's at home, you won 2-3, or three, you pummel the A's in the final game. But of course you did, because you're at home, and the Cubs at home have been pretty much unstoppable. They've been invincible. And then they go on the road. But... It, it starts great. You blow out the Reds. Your first game with Jonathan Lucroy, he has three hits. Nick Castellanos continues to tear the cover off the ball. And I mean, he still is right now. We'll get into that in a minute. But you score a bunch of runs. It, you had a nice, just bat around day. And you're thinking, all right. All right. What a, what a great way to start a road trip. Where road has just been absolute hell for this team. Since the season started. Then you play two clunkers. Kyle Hendricks gets bombed. That didn't look good. You Darvish pitched. Eh. In his start. Four runs. Six innings. Shook out a number of guys. Got bitten by the long ball. That Acuno kid though. My goodness. And what's comforting is. He's not just killing the Cubs. He is killing everybody. He had another home run tonight. I mean, Jeepers Creepers, that guy is that guy is something else. The Reds may have gotten the better end of that deal in the end. I mean, Puig was going to be a free agent anyway. Um, but anyway, looks like you're about to lose 3 of 4. And then you have that epic comeback win. Chris Bryant hits the game-winning three-run home run in the seventh. And Tom Brenneman's all upset. What a... wow. Just Wow. Is this what turns this team around on the road? Is this it? Nah. They come out totally flat against Jason Vargas last night. Jose Quintana gives you 14 Ks in 6 innings, 2 runs. And they can't support him. They had soft-tossing old man Jason Vargas making them look off-balance all night. We've seen that a lot. Soft-tossing, lefty, junk baller, Cubs kryptonite. The Cubs kryptonite is that and rookie pitchers that they've never seen before. A nobody called up from AAA, he's going to shut out the Cubs. Some soft-tossing junker who's a lefty, going to shut out the Cubs. Then you can play like, I don't know, Jacob deGrom or Noah Syndergaard or, or somebody good, and then the Cubs will actually score runs off those guys. I don't know. It, it's been that way for years. And, I mean, not even quality junk, just junk. I mean, Kyle Hendricks, though, slow, but he locates great. He has great movement. 
some of these guys that the Cubs struggle against, I mean, they're up there just throwing just just junk. What was the line in Major League? Oh, you know, I put Vegasil, snot on the ball, all that kind of stuff. You, you know, get older guys like that that don't throw with any velocity and just kind of throw stuff up there. It's, it's kind of been their kryptonite. Uh, that was That was a pretty disappointing loss. And what's disappointing as a whole is that this team can never build off a big win on the road. You look at all their road losses, and there's plenty of them. A lot of those have come after a really good win. Go back to the L.A. series in in L.A. They had that epic Anthony Rizzo go-ahead home run 2-1 victory. They lay an egg the next night. Same thing in Cincinnati this week. They dominate the Reds in the first game, lay two eggs in a row, then have that great comeback win, come out flat the next game, and not looking so good tonight. You go back against the White Sox, you win a nice game against them, and then the next day you're shut down by Ivan Nova for the second time. So on so forth. You get my point. I, I don't have to explain it anymore. You get my point. This team has not built momentum on the road all season. Remember, the last time they have won a road series was mid-May. It's mid-August. You're trying to win a division. And this is still a problem. Naturally, you're not going to be as good on the road as you are at home. That's part of it. But to have the worst road record in the National League... And you're trying to win a division. I mean, what's the deal? They can't explain it. The coaches can't explain it. Theo Epstein said he's embarrassed by it. And you know that if you could have won just a few of those bad road losses you lost, you could have a nice lead in this division right now. You could be up five on the Cardinals. You could be up six on the Brewers. But this big bugaboo of theirs has really kept this tight. And I know somebody on Twitter, point, I think it was Brad Robinson, our good friend Brad Robinson on Twitter, I believe he pointed out that the NL Central leaders also have sub-500 records on the road. I mean, the other guys, like I'm talking about like the Brewers and the Cardinals, the ones that are on the top in the race with the Cubs. And that's true, but none of their road records are as bad as the Cubs' road record. And y- you know what? Just because your rivals are bad on the road doesn't mean you should be either. I mean, it's really not an excuse. I'm just I'm just flabbergasted at this point. You look at the way the Cubs play at home, play like world beaters, everything goes right for them. They slug, they hit, they pitch, they defend. They do everything. But it's, it's like every bit of misfortune happens on the road. Even when the Cubs don't do anything wrong, just something wild, weird against them happens. It boggles my mind. So why don't we go into just kind of more individual performances right now. The starting rotation has hit a bump in the road. Now this is where I am not quite as worried. Because every year the Cubs go through that stretch where the rotation just kind of hits bumps in the roads. Because you got to remember the rotation a majority of the season I would say has been pretty good. I mean think about it. Before that absolute clunker by Lester, he had a 399 FIP or something like that. 
and like a ERA of 386. Jose Quintana, you look at the overall numbers and you say those are meh, but if you take away two or three awful starts, he's been really dang good. He, I think he leads the team in quality starts. I mean, just look at last night and the day before, his start before, I should say, against Oakland. You know, two runs, 14 strikeouts, following one run on seven innings, a seven-inning performance against Oakland. So, I'm not too worried about that. Though I will say, Cole Hamels, since coming off this injury, has worried me. I mean, from the moment the game started, you could tell he didn't have it. The velocity was down, the location wasn't there, the movement was there, and here we are, everything's getting hit hard. At least as I'm speaking right now. Everything's getting just mashed. He doesn't look right. He may still be having some lingering effects, something like that. That's, I mean, when you just come off an injury like you did, that's probably what you'd suspect naturally, and it seems like it could be a very likely reason why. Um, so you just hope he'll be physically okay down the stretch because you're going to need him. I mean, you're going to need this whole rotation to be good, obviously. And then Kyle Hendricks had an awful start in Cincinnati. The road splits for Kyle Hendricks are not nearly as good, but part of it was really blown up in that game in Cincinnati, and he's had some really good starts on the road, even if the whole body of work isn't exactly as good. He had that start in Houston that was really good. Uh, So, you know, yeah, he's a lot better at home, but overall I'm not too worried about him. Now, one topic of conversation that I wanted to get to on this show, and I asked you people on Twitter to contribute to this question, and we're going to talk about Anthony Rizzo. We've talked about him a lot on this show recently. You know, we, we, we said, hey, we like what he's doing. He's doing what he's doing. And I mean, he still pretty much is. He came into this game 284, 392, 506. He had a single, a WRC plus of 134. He's typically around 145. Last year he was 125, the year before that 134, so around there. But years before, 145, 145, 155. I mean, long story short, the guy's been really dang consistent. We've said it before. The other thing we've said before is the guy's approach is fantastic. He plays for contact. He doesn't sell out. But with that being said, this home run drought is getting a little puzzling. I thought by now he would have worked out of it. I gotta say. I mean, he's still hitting fine. You saw in the last homestand he was dunking and blooping balls to the opposite way and getting on base, having good at-bats as usual. Just that the power is completely gone. And yeah, I would argue that a lot of it is just his approach, playing for contact, but even so, even so, for a guy that was on pace to shatter his regular season pace, not having hit more than two home runs in over the past, like, what, how many games? I think since that LA game, he's hit, like, two total home runs. And that was in mid-June. 
So, I asked on Twitter, I asked all you fine folks, if you were worried about his lack of power. Some say yes, some say no, and a lot are like me where it's like, well, yeah, I'm not worried, but I am a little puzzled. I mean, that's where I am. If we want to look at the numbers of this poll right now, I let this go through another day just to see what the results are like, and like I said, no but puzzled is the majority, 50%, 31% said not really no, 19% said yes. I think maybe a theory I have as to why it's been going on this long. You look at last year. This this goes along with this point, so just bear with me here. Last year, he hit 25 home runs. The year before that, 32. The year before that, before that, 32. The year before that, 31. The year before that, 32. So he had been hitting the 31-32 home run mark as consistently as you can from 2014 to 2017. Last year you saw a little bit of a dip, but I don't think a lot of people thought about it much considering everyone pretty much dipped under Chili Davis last year. How much of that was his fault, I can't really say, but you know, you get my point. And right now he's at 21. Here's the thing. He's had some back issues. I can't help but wonder if that's part of it. Again, I think it's still a lot has to do with the approach that he has, but I just can't help but wonder if his back issues play a part in him not driving the ball as much. You're seeing a lot more bloops and dunks and grounders than you are seeing the ball being hit hard to the outfield. And I mean like high fly balls, I'm not talking line drives, like home run type swings. So it's just, it's a theory of mine. I I think it was Bruce Levine this morning, I, I heard it on the radio on my way to work saying that he's going to be a guy that man's going to need to rest every 10 days. I mean, that right there kind of says to me that, you know, he's he's 30 now, just turned 30, had some back issues for a little while. I mean, nothing overly serious, but they have been there. And if you're going to want to rest him every now and then down the stretch, I mean, that that can be an indicator right there that that could be part of it, at least to me. Now, the funny thing is, we've known Anthony Rizzo to kind of go on those home run tears where he hits, you know, four, five, six in like a week or so. If he does that, he's got 21 right now. It's mid-August. Let's say he hits like six over the next four weeks. That takes you to mid-September. He'd have 27 home runs. And if he added one or two more, that would be pretty close to 30. That's where he normally is. So maybe he is still on pace to hit his normal type. He just has to get hot. And he, quote-unquote, take this kind of not so literally, but used up a lot of his home run power early in the season when he was on pace to hit like 40. I know it sounds silly, but he could still end around his normal 30-ish mark if he does indeed go on that tear. Is it going to happen? I don't know. But I'm still kind of holding out that it will. 
I mean, regardless, if he goes at his normal pace, just period, he's if he puts up around a 280 average, a 390 on base, a, a slugging of about 500, I, that's typical Anthony Rizzo right there in terms of a slash line. Yeah, the WRC Plus right now is a little lower than it was in his absolute prime years from 14 to 17, but, you know, hey, the, overall... Still really dang good work. And in case you're wondering, right now he tied his F-War from last year. He was 2.9 last year. He's 2.9 right now. So he will probably end up having a higher F-War than last year. At least you hope. You hope. So that's all I got on that. I don't think it's really the biggest topic of conversation right now. But it's something that's been talked about. Something to keep in mind. In terms of other performances, I mean, look, Nick Castellanos is doing great. He continues to slug, hit doubles, hit home runs. Really a nice boost for this team. Ian Happ has been really good outside last night's debacle. Couple strikeouts, couple of booted plays that led to a run. It was just a really bad night for him. Jason Hayward. Let's talk about him for a sec. The guy who has overall had a very nice season. The guy who's been put in the leadoff spot until tonight when he was scratched with some knee troubles. He's been kind of slumping lately. Uh, If you look at the overall body of work in the leadoff spot, it actually has not been very good. He's hit a couple leadoff home runs, but the actual slash line itself is not good at all. And I just can't help but wonder if his knee was bothering him a little bit. Maybe during this slump, I don't know. But you saw a lot of the ground out Hayward, you know, the the ground balls to second base recently. It could be just a slump and a little bit of a sore knee now. Maybe don't read too much into it. But he was pretty hot before. He was very hot on the last homestand, at least until the Brewers series. He, he did have a good game against the Brewers, though, where he nearly hit two home runs. He had a leadoff home run, and then he came just shy of another home run. But really since that series... Uh, he's been in a little bit of a slump, so uh, yeah, it's just the, the, it continues to be kind of a carousel of leadoff men, which it's kind of been the case since Sexer Fowler left, so that's really nothing new. Chris Bryant's been really good lately. He hit the go-ahead home run. Can't say much about that. Chris Bryant's been good. Javi's just kind of been there. He's had some pretty rough at-bats. Hey, batting lefty was fun. But, yeah, it's he's been in a little bit of a funk lately. Nothing, like, ungodly awful, but he's been in a little bit of a funk. We're just, we're not seeing a lot of good at-bats. Uh, so, but, yeah, I'm, don't worry about that too much there. He'll be fine. Probably the biggest spot of worry right now, which has been the biggest spot of worry since the season started, uh, is not on the field for every inning, but it's uh, in the bullpen. Obviously, we have a lot of guys still injured. Uh, Kyle Ryan came back from the bereavement list, uh, so he's good to have back. Rowan Wick has been fantastic. Let's I, That guy, he was nasty in Cincinnati, and the fact that they were able to get two innings out of him in that finale uh, on route to the win, very, very impressive stuff. The curveball is nasty. The location, just the stuff, everything with him looks good. And I mean, right now, I think he's earned a spot 
in like a more dire position. Steve Ciszek is hurt. It was pretty obvious. He did not look good in his last few starts. He said it was bothering him. Uh, obviously, Kimbrell is still working his way back. Brandon Kinsler is hurt. I mean, right now, Rowan Wick is probably the guy I trust the most, followed by Kyle Ryan. Your other guys are hurt. And Pedro Strobe, I, I, I think he still has to earn some trust back. But I'll tell you, it was really nice seeing him get the save on Sunday. And when he came in, I got to tell you, I was uh, I was a little nervous. A little nervous to say the least. But he came in, got the job done, only walked one guy, no hits. Got a strikeout on that slider that kind of looked like the vintage stroke slider. Pop out to end the game. But, you know, right now, it's it's like you look at the bullpen and you say, when has this bullpen been healthy at the same time, all at once, every key guy? It's been a little while. It's been injury after injury after injury. I mean, right now, it's being held together by gum and pipe cleaners, which is not ideal in a team in a tight division race. But, you know, with, with that being said, you're still seeing everything struggle away from Wrigley Field, but that's still probably the biggest part of concern. Yeah, the offense is still inconsistent, but overall, I think the offense has been much, much better since getting Nicholas Castellanos and Tony Kemp. So that's a nice, nice sign, I guess. But it just, it still all has to come together on the road. As man said, it's big boy time right now. Because the Cardinals and the Brewers are not just going to roll over and die. I mean, right now, the Cardinals are playing the Royals. They should easily sweep that series. Or at least win the series. The Brewers just came back and won today. So, you have the Pirates coming up after this. The Pirates are reeling. They have been the worst team in baseball since the break. That team is a giant mess. I do not care that you are not at home. You have to beat them. You have to beat a team that is reeling. Heck, this Phillies team was kind of reeling a little bit. They don't look like they're reeling now. But Pittsburgh? Oh, there is there is no reason for them not to at least win 2 or 3 in Pittsburgh. Because after Pittsburgh, you, you come home for the Giants, which are very beatable at home. And then you have the Nationals, who have really turned things around the past month or so. Maybe even two months, you consider it. They really turned it around mid-season. So that's not going to be easy. Then you go on the road to the Mets. Then you come home for the Brewers. And Seattle. As you go into September. Every game you have to take, you have to take. There is no margin for error in a tight race like this. So that's going to be a really big series coming up. Not big as in both teams are in the fight, but big as in the Cubs have to take advantage. We've seen in years past where August, early September, the Cubs kind of have some free weeks. As in, these are teams you should be, like in 2017, they had a few week run of last place or near last place teams later in the season, you said, okay, you got to beat these guys. You don't really have that this year. You don't have a good week or two where you play a bunch of teams that are reeling pretty hard. 
you have a few series with reeling teams, like the one against the Pirates, uh, like the Seattle Mariners for two at home. You go to San Diego for four, they're not reeling, but they're still a team that you feel like you should beat, despite that they have a lot of young talent. That's still a very young, rebuilding team, and at this point of the season, you got to take advantage of that. But other than that, you don't really have that easy stretch that they have had before. It's just... It's tough. And you got to take advantage of where you can, and you got to beat the teams that are right next to you. You're going to have to beat the Cardinals and the Brewers both at home and on the road if you want to win the division. That's just the reality of it. There's no other way to put it. It's funny right now, sitting here, looking back and remembering how Joe Mann's Cubs were normally very good on the road. They won the World Series on the road. Three of their four wins in that series were on the road. In the NLCS that year, you won two crucial games on the road to set up the home win to win the pennant. In 2017, you won games one and five on the road to win the NLDS. You won a winner-take-all wildcard game on the road in 2015. It's, it's just weird looking back, knowing how good this team once was away from Wrigley and just how things have changed. So I just looked at my phone. It's 10 nothing Phillies in like the third inning. Yeah. Uh, I think we could declare this one over. So yeah, you're probably going to be listening to this and we've lost yet another road series. So that long drought of not winning a road series will continue until that Pirates series. Yeah. Ooh. At least the Bears will kick off soon. The Hawks will drop the puck. The Bulls will tip off. I don't know how good that'll be, but, you know, hey. <laughs> I mean, you know, at the end of the day, they're they're still in this race. They're still in first place right now. They'll still have a good shot at making the playoffs unless things really fall apart. But just, it's, it's so frustrating when you see this stuff just happen over and over and over Theo Epstein doesn't know how to fix these road problems, and how should he? How should anybody who's not on the field playing? Like even Joe Men, how's he supposed to fix this? Hire a witch doctor? Have him bring in like those weird Illuminati triangle things you put over your head? Maybe Joe Madden needs to do that Bull Durham gag bit that happens when the manager gets mad at the team when they stink and, uh, Davis is shaving and the manager asks him what to do and uh, he just says, scare him. Which is very anti-Joe Madden, but hey, it would be pretty entertaining to watch a a Joe Madden meltdown in front of his players doing the whole lollygag bit. I don't know, try it, why not? Why not at this point? So I think that's just going to wrap things up here on Climbing the Ivy. Like I said, this was going to be a significantly shorter show uh, without any co-hosts here. I don't have any questions to ask people unless you want to hear me ask myself questions, but that's a little weird. So hope you enjoyed this episode. Just a reminder, you could listen to this podcast on iTunes. You could check out Cubby's Crib at cubbyscrib.com. Until next week, I'm Alex Pat. Have a good night and try not to let the road cubs get you down.